Welcome to the SUMC podcast, where I hope to encourage you towards life and church revitalization, and I'm your unofficial source for revitalization within the local United Methodist Church. This is because I serve within the UMC and have seen an across-the-board issue concerning discipleship, and I seek to use the knowledge that I have, and more importantly, what I'm learning on my own journey, with those of you who may have been struggling for years or perhaps are just starting out might have some ideas or don't know what to do. So let's walk this journey together. Last time I talked about small groups and how vital they are to the mission of the local church. They're a great way to be invitational to people that might be standoffish to a coming Sunday service in the church building. Now this idea has inherent within it the idea of connecting with one another. So today I want to talk about connecting and how it should be done at every opportunity you have whether it be a one-on-one conversation, event at the church, event in the community, or an engagement through social media, you should always have some kind of invitation to church, to coffee, buying someone a meal. The connection that you're going to make is an inroad to discipleship. And discipleship doesn't necessarily have to happen in the church, or even in the church right off. Connection happens at any point in the discipleship process. Connection also means an invitation to the next thing, whether it be a continued conversation, as I alluded to, but more especially if you're connecting people to bring people to Jesus Christ or the kingdom of God or your church, you want to invite them to the next event or even the sermon series coming up. So here are some things to think about with connection, and I'm mainly going to ask you questions that I hope you think about and begin answering with your leadership or your discipleship team. So, some things to think about inside the church. How does your church look and feel for a person who hasn't been to church in a long time, if ever? Would they know where to sit? Would they know where to come into the church? Would they know what a bulletin is? Would they know what kind of audience your church is seeking to meet the ministry needs of? In other words, what's your target? Does your church look like your grandma's church? Now let's be honest. I'm 38. If I go into a church and I see an organ, and I see people that are considerably older than me, I'm going to think that this is a typical traditional church that doesn't have anything to offer me. And if I'm not greeted, I might walk out, and I've already decided not to come back next week. That's a reality that a lot of our United Methodist churches need to face. Having kids in your church is not a silver bullet, but if you want kids in your church and you have pews and it doesn't look at all like there's room for kids, and if the people in your church keep telling those kids to be quiet, then you are not a church that is welcoming to families. If you want that, start making your church look like It's welcoming to families, literally looking like it. Have color, have things for kids to do, have it within your service, make it a huge part of your service. Think about those things. Think about who you're trying to reach and then connect with those people inside the church by making it look like you're reaching those people. Make it sound like you're reaching those people. Your worship should be geared towards those people. Your sermon should be geared towards those people. Your messages, your announcements, everything should be geared towards 
that target group that you're trying to connect with. And on that note, how are the people in your church welcoming people that have not been to that church before? Are they warm and friendly? Or is there this steal-my-seat mentality where they get glared at? you got to think about those things. And you have to bring that up on Sunday mornings. And you have to live that out. That's up to you to figure out. Don't complain about it. Don't talk down to each other about it. Just start being that welcoming person. Start being those welcoming people as a team. Start thinking about those things and just start doing it. The other thing to think about inside the group, inside the church, is what is your small group like? And it's kind of the same things that I just talked about. Are you welcoming? Are you open to have other people join your group? Do you explain what your group is doing? Do you catch those people up? Are you warm and friendly? Think about those things in your small groups. The other thing to think about is, how long have you been in your small group? If you've been in this small group for a year or more, then you need to start your own small group. If you've been in a group for a year or more, just start the very same group you're doing, but invite two or three others to your house, out for coffee, to a meal, and start your own group. This is how you grow the church. Connect with other people in your community and invite them. Upper Room is a great resource. All you have to do is read a devotional and answer the questions. It doesn't get any more easier than that. So you have the resources right at your fingertips. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're a lay leader, whether you're a person that doesn't have a pastor or a leader in your church, you can start doing this yourself. We tend to overcomplicate things, and we shouldn't do that. You can talk to people on the phone. You can talk to people at the grocery store, at the post office. You know you have the capability of carrying a conversation. Why not talk to people about what God has done in your life and invite them to a meal or to something where you can listen to what they're going through and just offer to have another conversation, offer consideration of what God might be doing in their life, offer to pray with them or for them. Connect with people and encourage your people to do this inside the church. So this brings me to outside the church. Now when you're thinking of people coming into your church, think about what the church actually looks like. Think real estate. If you were selling your house, or in this case the church, you'd want to have it look a certain way. You want to have it look appealing. So why not do this because you're stewards of what God gave you? How does the grass look? How do the bushes look? Do you have any of those things? What about the paint on the church? So why not think about these things because it's going to make your church look like it's vibrant. People are looking for those things. The other thing is, what events are you doing in the community? There's a big difference between doing programs inside the church and doing ministry in the community. Talk through the difference of those things and what the difference might be. Now, in the community, who are you trying to reach specifically? What's your target group? Jesus had a target group. It was Jews. Jews that were lost. That was his target group. How are you inviting people to Jesus Christ? What are you saying? What are you giving out? How are you connecting with people in order to invite them to church or invite them to a one-on-one -on -one conversation? How are you talking about your church? Are you excited about your church? Are you excited to invite people to your church? And then how are you inviting people to the next event 
that you should have planned? How are you inviting people to the sermon series? How are you inviting people to listen to the sermon series? Do you have an online option? Do you have a Facebook page? Do you have a website? If you don't, you really need to get one super quick. Because the website, Facebook, Instagram, those are the first things that people are going to go to when they're looking for a church. Now again, I'm going to ask this question, what do your small groups look like? You say, Pastor Dave, you've already asked that question. Well, I'm asking this now in terms of a small group outside of the church. You need to have groups both inside the church and outside the church. Outside's better because it's going to connect you with people in the community. And these groups could be like hiking groups, um, crocheting groups, prayer groups, coffee groups. It could be anything. But always have that invitation to the next conversation, to the next weekly meeting, to the next monthly thing, to the next event. So is Bible study or some social gathering after church? This is the next thing to think about. If you don't have something after church to connect with people that are visitors, you really, really need to think about that. Visitors will not come to something before church. Even if you invite them and say, hey, next week, why don't you come to this before church? More often than not, they will not come. If they're already there, what an opportunity to invite them to the fellowship hall or to a small group area or to the cafe in your church for them to feel welcome. And they're already there, so they're more likely to come. So if you don't have something like that, really think about it. If your church is not conducive to that in terms of how the church is laid out, for example, if your fellowship hall or your area for fellowship is downstairs and difficult to get to, or if it's in like the back of the church and you have to go through this maze to get there, you might want to think about your services and where you hold your services. I know that might blow your mind, but think about it. Think about who you're trying to reach. Think about how welcoming you are as a church. This might be a great opportunity to start a new service on a different day in a different part of the church. Remember, this is all about connection. You're already connected with the people inside your church. The whole point is to go out and make disciples. So how are you gathering them in to the kingdom of God? How are you gathering them into your church? How are you discipling them in both of those areas? Outside the church and inside the church. You don't have to have all the answers right off. Just think about something your group can do and try it. Give it six months. Uh, see how it goes. Evaluate it. Fix it as necessary or drop it and try something new. Now, if you're a new pastor, think about what the church has done to interact with people for the purpose of evangelization. Now, if you have certain expectations, make sure you're living those expectations out yourself. If you're somebody that's been there for a while, whether a pastor or a lay person, begin to think about who you've been ignoring. There are certain people that are not coming to your church and they're not coming for a reason. Start asking why. Start asking those hard questions and look at it. And then begin to think about who you want to connect with to reach for the kingdom of God. And then be invitational. If you don't have a pastor, 
you can still build momentum because the body of Christ is more than a pastor. Christ is head of the body, his church, not a pastor. You should feel empowered to have a discipleship process, connect with people, and invite people to Jesus Christ or your church. So in sum, connection is vitally important, but it's only going to bring results if there's follow-up. Connection and follow-up and follow-through go hand in hand. Connection's easier with a discipleship process and a welcoming church that knows its mission. It's easier because you have something to invite them to in the church, whether it's coffee hour or some kind of study. Having a discipleship process and connecting with people and inviting them to the next thing is easier because you have something for them to come to, to try. It shows that you're thinking ahead. It shows that you're building momentum. It shows that you're active. It shows that you're interested in reaching the community. So really think about your discipleship process. And you know what? Even if you just have your mission plan and mission statement and your purpose statement, that can be enough because you can invite people to a sermon series. And a sermon series can build momentum. Plan to have something every quarter to invite people to. And I'm going to talk about this in missions in episode 11, which is coming up. So look for that. So again, connection is vitally important. Next time, I'm going to continue to talk about the discipleship plan and the ingredients that are necessary in any discipleship plan. And I'm going to be talking about Bible study. Now remember, all these ingredients are always present in the discipleship process, but how they're utilized in each church is different. So keep listening, keep being encouraged, press on towards the kingdom, shed every weight that is encumbering you to connect with people, and I'll see you next time.